Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. chapter number 11, chapter number 11 and verse 22, Mark chapter 11 and verse 22, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God, have faith in God, for verily I say unto you that Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and you shall have them. Have faith in God. I want to use as a subject here tonight, very simply, and I don't, I don't um, have anything complex tonight, but just something that I feel, and um, I'm just going to move very rapidly. But uh, I'm going to, I'm going to speak to you. Something can be done. Something can be done. Would you lift your hands to the Lord and let's pray once again that the Lord would help us, that he would strengthen us through his word tonight. We need his touch, his help, his anointing, his blessing, his word to strengthen us in this place. God, we ask you once again to anoint us, to help us in this important part of this service tonight. The word of the Lord being preached and taught to our hearts. I'm praying that you would help this church, strengthen this church through your word. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I was listening to Brother Cook as he was talking about that white hair and the honor and how it's a benefit. I, I wish people here in the States get a hold of that white hair business. Amen. It'd be a blessing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Something can, can be done. Uh, a strategy that Satan uses many times successfully against saints of God is to convince them that the situation that they're encountering or they're engaged in is hopeless. It's a helpless situation. The problem is too big. It's too enormous. The challenge is too great to do anything about it. The situation is too insurmountable. But the scripture that I read to you tonight tells us in the face of these things that seem impossible. Now he's talking about mountains here. And when we think about this and consider the scripture, this is certainly humanly impossible for any one of us to do anything about moving a mountain and casting it into the sea. Humanity has managed to do Many great things, and it's astounding 
uh, how that men and women have trained themselves, educated themselves, conditioned themselves to do wonderful feats. But I think all of us recognize that this is something beyond our ability, that we're limited when it comes to mountain moving. But Jesus said when you face up such obstacles, have faith in God. I think every one of us in this place, young and old, have faced situations where we had to throw up our hands and say, you know what, there's nothing more that I can do. There's nothing more that my intervention will do to help the situation. There's nothing within my capabilities that's going to change the scenario. If it's going to change, it's going to be because of God. And that is exactly what the Lord is saying here. When you're faced with those types of situations, have faith in God. Now, faith is not always rational. Faith does not always make sense to us. Uh, Faith is certainly not always logical, the right thing to do. Sometimes it doesn't make good business sense to have faith in God. When it seems like you don't have but just precious little and and you feel moved on by the Lord to give and you obey, that is not logical. That doesn't make good business sense as far as the world is concerned. But, But since we trust Him as being Jehovah Jireh, our provider, we know we can be faithful to Him in our giving and when we give to him, that he's always going to give back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and rubbing over, the scripture said, he will give again to men's bosom. Hallelujah. And faith is not always humanly reasonable. However, faith is the thing that activates the power of God. Would you agree with me? Needs alone do not, do not activate the power of God. Uh... Wants and desires, no matter how, how strong they are, no matter how vehement that they are, they alone do not activate the power of God. But it's faith that activates the power of God. I don't read anywhere where Jesus said, well, I saw their need, and because I saw their need, I'm going to heal. But the Bible does say that he saw their faith. And miracles ensued. He saw their faith and something changed in the atmosphere. The impossible suddenly became possible. Situations were totally turned around. It does not say thy need has made thee whole, but it says thy faith has made thee whole. There are instances where he did not respond necessarily to the faith of the individual that was in need, but he saw the faith of others that were around them. Amen? Because sometimes I'm going to be in a weakened condition. Sometimes I'm not going to be at my best. Just like the man in Mark chapter 2 that was lowered down through the roof. And the scripture says that he saw the faith of the four men that bore him up there and lowered him down. And this man was weakened. He 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 was paraplegic. He was not able to do what these men were able to do. But when he saw their faith, he responded and it activated the power of God and a miracle transpired. Oh yeah. 
Praise God. That, that tells me something. That tells me that faith is something that can be seen. Faith is more than just words spoken. Oh, I know we're living in a, in a society, in a world, in the church world that talks a lot about name it and claim it and blab it and grab it or whatever it is. But can I tell you that it's more than just words spoken, but it's actions made. I said it's actions made that gets God to respond to us and to help us and to work in our life. When a person that does not feel like doing so, but in faith lifts up their hands and say, I come to worship God tonight. I come to give glory to the Lord. I, I come to lift up the name of Jesus. I come to praise Him from the depths of my heart. That's faith. When a person comes to the house of God and they don't know how ends are going to meet and they don't know what they're going to do on the morrow and they don't know how the situation is going to be taken care of in the family, but yet they come to the house of God and they say, I'm going to walk down there when the offering is received and I'm going to do what God has told me to do in His Word. I'm going to be obedient in faith and God responds to that faith. Hallelujah. That's wonderful, isn't it? I said, that's wonderful. Praise the Lord. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's going on if I'll just put forth the effort and do what the word of the Lord tells me to do. It can counteract everything that the devil has brought against me. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. I come just to tell somebody that, that real simple statement tonight. Just have faith in God. You don't know what the doctor said. Just have faith in God. You don't know about my financial situation. Have faith in God. You don't know how lost my children are. Have faith in God. You don't know the needs that are in my life. Have faith in God. You don't know how dire the crisis is in my marriage. Have faith in God. He's a mountain mover. He's a miracle worker. He has all power in heaven and in earth. Clap your hands and let's praise the Lord here tonight. Amen. I'm seeing faith right here. I'm seeing faith right here in this audience tonight. People that are clapping their hands that the devil's tried to tell them, you need to be quiet, you need to sit still, you need to cross your arms, you need to sit back in the pew because you don't have a right. But faith says, you know what, I feel an urgency just to respond to the Word of God. I feel an urgency to do more than just sit down on my hands amen, and wait and wonder and worry. Amen. I'm going to put faith out there for God to respond to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jesus said to Simon Peter, who, who tried to take matters into his own hands, and he sliced, he sliced the ear off of Malchus, the servant of the high priest. Sliced his ear off. And uh, Jesus said, put up again your sword into its place. He said, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. I think he was trying to tell him, you're not very good at wielding that sword anyhow. And he reached down and picked up the man's ear and attached it back to him. And there was no evidence because God had a plan for Simon Peter's life. 
And such a crime would have put a would have put uh, would have put a reputation around Simon Peter that would have inhibited him from doing the will of God in the future. So there's no evidence that it even happened. The ear is placed back on the side of his head, and then the Lord makes a statement. He says, "Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray?" And legions of angels would respond and rescue me out of this situation if I would so choose to. And I think tucked in that statement is a very powerful principle that you and I need to get a hold of because the situation looked bleak. He was facing death. Calvary was around the corner. And it looked hopeless From a human standpoint at that moment and to those disciples that were witnessing it, it was a very discouraging, disappointing event that had happened in their life. But he's just reminding them of the power of prayer no matter how bad it looks. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray? I just want to remind you of something. Don't you remember that no matter how bad it gets, that prayer can still change things? Don't you know that there's still power in prayer, no matter how big the problem, no matter how massive the situation, no matter how great the issue is, you can always pray. You're never so backed into a corner that you can't pray. You're never so far down that you can't reach up through prayer. You're never knocked so low that that you cannot whisper a prayer and sometimes that's the way you have to do it because it may be that you're in a weakened condition physically but you just whisper the name of Jesus. You just call on the name of the Lord and through that power is unleashed. Oh yes, victory comes. Amen. God responds. I want to tell somebody you can still pray about it. There is something that can be done. Don't accept that lie of Satan. Don't fall prey to that lying devil of doubt that tries to tell you that you can't do anything about it. Something can be done. I can pray about it. So there's, there's, three, there's three lies, if I could say it that way, that the devil wants you to believe when you're faced with a crisis. First of all, he wants you to embrace things as they are, accept it, deal with it. It's a time for you to be real, like people say, face reality. Amen. Joshua chapter 10, a battle had broke out and Joshua and his army went to rescue uh, the Gibeonites. And the battle waged on until suddenly Joshua realized that the sun's going down and something's going to have to be done if we're going to win this battle because we're going to need some more light. Many people would have just accepted and embraced the darkness because after all, that's a law of nature. That's just the way it is. That's just something that we accept. As sure as the sun comes up, it's going to go down in the evening. Joshua, you can pray a lot, a lot of, about a lot of things. You can 
you can ask God for a lot of things, but surely you got enough sense to know that there's nothing that you can do about this particular situation because this is a law that even God set in motion. This is something that God has established. The sun is going to go down, and that's just the way it is. Embrace the darkness. Embrace the situation as it is. Accept it. Be real about it. But Joshua said, no, I'm not going to ask for more weapons. I'm not going to ask for more warriors. I'm not going to ask for more men. All I'm going to ask is for a little light to be shed on this situation. I'm going to ask for a little light to shine on me for a little while. You know what? If we could just uh, just for a little while here tonight allow the Holy Ghost to shine some light on the situation that you're faced with and that you're going through, it would help any one of us in this building. If just for a little while the Lord would allow the clouds to roll back, uh, if the Lord would allow the sun to shine on you, God would reveal what needs to be done. You would understand uh, that I don't have to accept defeat I don't have to accept things as they are. I can have victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so he refused to accept the darkness and embraced the darkness. He refused to just accept it as it was. Amen. And to deal with it. As it was. I'm encouraging somebody in this place to be like Joshua and be courageous enough to look that situation in the eye and say, son, stand still. And God reversed the order of nature. God caused everything to stop. The earth to stand on its axis right where it was. Amen. Everything in the universe had to stop for just one man that was courageous enough to pray about it. To call on the name of the Lord and say, God if you'll help me, we're going to have victory. If you'll help me, we're not going to accept defeat. We're not going down. We're not going to accept the doubt of the darkness that is in our life. Oh, clap your hands and let's praise the Lord. I just want to remind you that Joshua said, and you need to say, something can be done about it. We're accepting things we don't need to accept. We're, we're learning to deal and live with things we don't need to learn to live with. Amen. We're getting along with things that we don't need, amen, to carry around and deal with and have to live with. You can have victory tonight. First Samuel 17 represents another lie that the devil would try to tell us. Amen. That the situation's too big for anything to be done about it. Amen. You know, you just need to accept public opinion here. And as long, I'm going to say this, as long as you go with the flow, as long as you run with the pack, God will never do anything extraordinary for you. God will never do a standout miracle for somebody that's unwilling to stand up for him. That's right. And so his brothers, David, they said, you're just a shepherd boy. You come down here to taunt us. You come down here 
you, you know, you need to get back to them few sheep that you have in the wilderness. Notice the, the slight there. Few sheep that you have. They didn't even give him the benefit of the doubt that he had a big flock. They said, there's few sheep that you have in the wilderness. Get back over there. You're not a warrior. You're not trained. You're just a young pup. What are you doing down here trying to get something stirred up? They didn't believe in him. They were running away from the giant. They were afraid of the giant. Saul, he he, he said, I'm going to let you go. But he didn't have much confidence in him either. Amen. And everybody's running out of the valley. But what did the Bible say about David? It said that he ran towards the giant down into the valley. You can't run with the pack and expect God to help you. You can't run with all the doubters and the unbelievers and the naysayers and those that don't have any confidence in what God is able to do. Those that don't believe him at his word. You can't run with all of that and expect God even to bless and to give you a miracle. Sometimes you got to stand up no matter what everybody else is saying and say you're all going that way but I'm going God's way. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. Amen. They're all going this way. I'm going this way because God said that he'd be with me. Hallelujah. Amen. The devil wants you to accept the lie that you got to go with the flow. Amen. And then, last, we understand the third lie that he wants you to believe is that if it hasn't happened by now, it isn't going to happen at all. If it hasn't happened by now, it probably is not going to happen at all. That's a lie. That's a lie. If it hasn't happened by now, it probably isn't ever going to happen. Nothing can be done about it. Nothing can change the situation. It's been this way so long, you just need to accept it. The Bible tells me about a little lady for 12 years. Same problem. Physician after physician nothing better got worse all of her money that she had laid up for a rainy day was all expended all of her energy just about gone but somebody said Jesus is walking through the village and she mustered up what little strength and energy that she had she said something's got to be done I can't just accept this Maybe the doctor said, well, I'm just going to try to comfort you until, until the day comes that you die. And you just need to accept this. This is something you're going to have to live the rest of your life with. This is just the way that it's going to be. And she said, no, no, something can be done if I can but touch the borders of his garment. I just feel like I could be made whole. Something has got to be done done. What about the man at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years? People say you're never going to get there because of your condition. Always going to be somebody that's going to beat you out getting into the troubled waters of the pool. But when Jesus came by amen, he said something can be done. Will not be made whole. 
something can happen. Something can change. I don't care how long you've been praying. You need to keep on praying. I don't care how long you've been believing. You need to keep on believing. I don't care how long you've been walking the floors and talking to God about it. You need to continue to do so because something can be done. I don't care how long you've been coming to church with that burden. You need to keep on coming. You need to keep on trusting. You need to keep on raising your hands when it's worship time. You need to keep on singing the songs when it's song singing time. You need to keep on shouting when it's shouting time. You need to keep on giving when it's giving time because something can be done. Stand with me tonight. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah. I refuse, I refuse, I refuse to embrace the lie. I refuse to accept the lie that if it hasn't happened by now, it probably isn't going to happen. That's a lie, devil. That's a lie, devil. I remember a little lady in our home church. I don't know exactly how many years, well over 40, I know. She got the Holy Ghost. And uh, her son... Another boy of hers got the Holy Ghost. One of her sons uh, was a pastor in the Bay Area, San Jose, California. Brother John Nelson. And uh, Brother John Nelson's now the bishop of that church, one of the larger churches in the area. His son is now the pastor here, which would be this lady's grandson. Her husband, who was a business owner in a neighboring town literally fought her tooth and toenail about going to church and taking those boys with her. But she kept on going to church. Prayer request time would come along. She would lift her hand and she'd say her husband's name over and over again. Revival after revival, come and go. Pray that he gets the Holy Ghost in this revival. She fasted. She believed. She prayed. She was faithful. Her son went on and started his ministry, pastored one church there in the valley, and then went over to San Jose and began pastoring there. Very large church. His father never darkened the door of his very large church. Buildings were built. He never came and seen, seen not one of them. Never even come to the house of God. Wouldn't go to the church there locally. But I was privileged to be preaching the revival there in the church. When that old man, about 80-something years old, walks in on a cane through the back doors for the first time that he came. I know in many, many years, maybe he had visited in the past, but it wasn't typical of him to even come at all. He came to the church, and uh, service went, and Holy Ghost started moving, conviction fell, he came down the altar, I watched his tears puddled up underneath him, there on the altar, and he wasn't strength that he had in his youth, and uh, all, but he, he prayed, and he sought God, and he called on the name of the Lord, and then he, he, he told the pastor, he said, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. 
Amen. And I watched as they baptized him in the name of the Lord. And then it was either that night or the next night, that man that had been prayed for for over 40 years got the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. It wasn't a year or two later he passed away. But I'm telling you, it's never too late. Something can be done. You need to be encouraged tonight. Something can be done about this. I feel like the Holy Ghost would have me to tell somebody tonight. Something can. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to retreat. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not surrendering anything. Something can be done. Would you come around these altars and let's believe God here before we leave tonight. Let's believe God before we leave here tonight. Come around these altars.